Why is seminary so expensive? At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, we are committed to the reform of theological education toward meeting the needs of churches across the globe. Men of God cannot serve their churches well if they are burdened with tens of thousands of dollars in student loans from seminary. At CBTS, you can receive a robust theological education for nearly four times less than other institutions. To find out more about how you can receive an accredited theological degree at a cost that you can afford, visit cbtseminary.org. Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I'm your host, Sam Waldron. I'm one of the pastors of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I'm the president and professor of systematic theology here at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Last time I introduced the notion that Christ alone is the ground of our justification. Chapter 11 of the 1689 concludes its statement of Christ alone as our righteousness by speaking of a twofold righteousness or obedience of Christ. I quote, imputing Christ's active obedience unto the whole law and passive obedience in his death for the whole and soul righteousness. What should we think of this notion of a distinction between Christ's active and passive obedience, what sometimes has been called, in other words, double imputation. The Confession enunciates in these words the classic Protestant distinction between the active and passive obedience of Christ. This distinction has been popularly understood to entail a division of Christ's work into two divisions or parts. The perfect life of obedience to the law of God up to, but not including the cross, has been viewed as Christ's active obedience. His suffering on the cross has been viewed as his passive obedience. Such an understanding, however, has no biblical support. The active and passive obedience of Christ are not two separate parts of Christ's work, but is one work considered or looked at in two different ways. Philippians 2.8, for instance, describes Christ, describes Christ as becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In many places, the cross is viewed as the culminating activity in Christ's obedience to the Father's will. He came down from heaven not to do his own will, but to do the Father's will. And of course, that culminates in the cross. It is the Father's will that he suffer for our sins. If there is no division of Christ's obedience into two separate parts in the Bible, why is this distinction necessary? Well, the answer is that we had a twofold need if we were to inherit eternal life. We needed, firstly, the forgiveness of the guilt of our sins. This is provided by Christ's passive obedience, his suffering, the penalty of the law. Secondly, we needed the gift of a positive righteousness to give us a title to eternal life. The innocent Adam still did not have eternal life. He had to obey the covenant of works to obtain it. And so we need a positive righteousness to give us a title to eternal life. This is provided by Christ's active obedience. 
his obedience to the precepts of God's law, and all the other dimensions of the preceptive will of the Father for him. The example of Adam will help, help make this clear. Christ is the second Adam, but his mission is complicated by the failure of the first Adam. What did Adam have to do to inherit eternal life? He needed simply to obey the law written on his heart and the special precept God had given him. What did Christ have to do if we were to inherit eternal life? He had to undo what Adam did, deal with our guilt, and do what Adam failed to do, provide the positive obedience Adam failed to give. The first is provided by Christ's suffering for passive or passive obedience. The second is provided by Christ's righteousness or active obedience. The glory of the second Adam far exceeds the first in both the circumstances of and the demands made upon their obedience. The first Adam simply had to obey in the Garden of Eden, while the second Adam had to obey in the wilderness of a wicked world. Remember, he was tempted in the wilderness. The first Adam merely had to refuse to eat of the tree, while the second Adam had to die on the tree of the cross. As the hymn says, because of the active and passive obedience of Christ, all we need is Christ.